Welcome to History Slices Podcast. This is our first episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jacob. And in this podcast, you're going to hear Jacob talk about some piece of history that is unknown to me before we begin. <laughs> and I'm here just for the conversational half of it. So Yes, you're here to provide commentary. Commentary, yeah, yes. Which is, I, I think, a little funner than just history because you have that extra uh, dialogue and that extra perspective on right, stuff Right, a little bit of reactionary Yeah, it was just fun. Action. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So do you know what we're talking about today? I actually have no idea. Ah, yeah. Well, it's exciting. If you told me already, I forgot. Uh, I might have missed this to you in the past because, you know, I love to sad about just random stuff randomly. But uh, <laughs> uh, today we're talking about Joshua Norton. Have, Joshua Norton. Yeah. Have you heard of him or... No, no. Norton, Norton's anthologies I've heard of. Yeah, it's not no relation. Okay, oh, that's a good connection. <laughs> I didn't think about that until just now. Uh, anyways, he um, he was in the eighteen hundreds. Um, and he, uh, well, kind of ton and seek here, but he was America's only emperor. Did he decide he was an yeah, emperor? He, <laughs> yeah, no, he uh. Uh, he basically just told all the newspapers in San Francisco that he was emperor and they thought, oh, this guy's kind of funny. How interesting. And San they, Francisco in the 1800s. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, he was originally from England. He was born February 4th, 1818. Okay, so early part of the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's from uh, like the London area, like Kent and whatnot. Uh, he was born to John and Sarah Norton, who... I couldn't find much information about them. They're not as important, I yeah. guess, in history. <laughs> or, um, but they, uh, he moved to America in like 1849 or so, okay. around that time. I think that was. I think there was a real big like uh, immigration push mm-hmm. in the 1860s and through 1890s, something like that. Yeah. No, maybe it wasn't the 1860s. I'm thinking Civil War. It was after that. It was 80s and 90s, maybe. Anyway, sorry, I digress. No, no. So it was no, around 49 that he came over. Yeah, yeah, and um, of course it was in. Um, he lived in um, San Francisco. I actually am did not... he go straight to San Francisco or did he start on the East Coast? I'm sorry, this probably doesn't matter either. But no, <laughs> it's fine. That's a good question, and honestly, I'm not entirely. Okay. Because um, he wasn't like the most, he, he was basically a random Joe. He wasn't like anyone too important. He was a businessman and actually uh, was somewhat successful uh, up until uh, like 1852 or so. I so mean, was, was he in San Francisco in 1849 or that's just when he immigrated to America? That's when he immigrated. Okay. I don't, I, again, I can't remember if That's he, okay. And then in 1852, is he in San Francisco already? Yes. So he did business yeah. in San Francisco? Yeah, okay. he would do like sipping stuff and all oh, that. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was moderately successful as a businessman until, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's always interesting to look at bigger pictures of in history because you take a step back and look at the cause and effect because you can really see how interconnected everything is. Uh-huh. Sina had a famine. I, I, you're looking at me like, huh? But don't worry, this ties in. They had a famine. So what they did was they banned all exports on rice um, in order to try to combat that famine, which meant that the price for rice in San Francisco skyrocketed. Like it went from, hold on, I have it like written down here, but I'm not good with like numbers. It went from like three cents per pound to 36 cents per wow. pound, which, you know, 
inflation wise, that's crazy. Can I can I just make I hate to interrupt your no, on a roll, no, no, but no, no. I'm course. just thinking about Chinatown and San Francisco and if it how many what the Chinese population in San Francisco was mid eighteenth century. Mm-hmm. You know, that could have been a really and I suppose they were he, so he was importing rice? Yeah, well what I'm it, jumping ahead. Yeah, I'm you're sorry. jumping. No, 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 it's totally fine. I get you. Uh well, there was definitely a um I don't know if they're all Chinese, but it's definitely a Asian like um, minority in San Francisco at the time. And I know this because of a story that we'll get to okay. later on in this yeah. episode. But uh, there's they're definitely um, they're definitely there already. Uh, well, because they know, weren't they were, and so this is going to shine a light on how much I forgot about what <laughs> I've learned. Before, there's a lot. It's the fine. whole the whole railroad because we're a lot yeah. of them were working on the railroad, mm-hmm. weren't they? I believe so. Yes. So anyway, um, if you can pick up <laughs> before I interrupted you, <laughs> no, it's so it's quite rice all right. went from three cents to thirty six cents uh, a pound. Yeah, yeah, a pound. Okay. Um, so Norton though he had this uh, genius idea. Uh, to try to corner the market. So he bought a boatload of rice from Peru. Uh, and the amount he spent, he bought a $25,000 rice shipment. Oh my gosh. Right. Which um, I actually, I put this through like an inflation calculator online because I was curious. In today's dollars, what that would in be? In today's dollars. It was like, I tried to put it in a... Uh, 2020 terms because of course as of this recording is 2020 i don't know if you dear listener are listening from like the future or not (laughs) but as of right now it's 2020 uh but because it's the year hadn't ended yet the calculator is like well we don't really know so we'll just go 2019 that's that's probably close enough yeah yeah and i thought close enough Uh, yeah like you said i'm like so what did it say it said and i'm gonna read this off here $778,196. Seven hundred and seventy-eight thousand one hundred and ninety-six dollars. That's a chunk of change. Around that, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. Um. Anyways, he bought it for uh, twelve cents per pound. Ta- per pound. Um. So kind of the middle between yeah pre-famine and post-famine rice prices. Yeah. However, a lot of he. Uh, well, I should say. Try to think how to say this. He wasn't the only one who had this idea, let's say. <laughs> like, uh, uh, pretty much, like, I, I, I don't want to, like, um, make a, a vague statement that isn't accurate or whatever. But enough people had that idea that a lot of... Peru made a lot of shipments, let's uh-huh. say. And by the time he got back to San Francisco, right, to enact his plan... The price, people were. the oh. price was already back down. Oh. So he lost. It didn't come all the way back down to three, though, did it? No, I don't think so. But it, it, it went below what he bought it for. Yeah, way oh. uh, it went more closer to how it was beforehand. Oh, yeah, so he had lost basically all his money on this venture. He was broke. He actually tried to like sue like the shipping company, which didn't work that well. Um, it was like a long dispute, though. Um, and then, and this was 1852, keep in mind, by 1858, he declared bankruptcy. Okay. Because, you know, he didn't I'm have really any money. The rice deal. Yeah, because <laughs> of that, that whole fiasco. Yeah, so now he's bankrupt. He hasn't declared himself emperor yet. Right? No, okay. no. Well, uh, it did take long, um, on secretary, secretary, September 17th, 1859, so okay. the next year, 
he wrote a letter to all the newspapers declaring himself emperor of the United States. Wow. Uh, I don't know if he's just cracked or... Or if he just like gave up on caring. I he's don't looking know. for another way to make some money. Maybe. Well, at the time, a lot of people thought he was just a scam artist. There's a lot of... Because the city really picked up on the story. I don't know if it's indicative of the humor at the time or the people at of, of that time or what they loved him. They thought he was a, a riot. Um, the, uh, which we'll get more into that, but there's a lot of um, rumors and speculation about who this guy was because they didn't know the whole story. Like, you know, now and you could just look online about stuff. Right. So, so they sort of, he sort of came into the public eye more when he, after his, Claimed to be emperor yeah, of the United yeah. States, but he had this previous background with the yeah, well, shipping and business. of course, yeah. Well, it's like because before he was just a merchant guy; he was just a mm-hmm. businessman, yeah. probably one of a bunch out of that city. But yeah, no, some people thought oh, he's a scam artist; he's just trying to get money. Other people thought, well, maybe he's actually like European nobility; they had to, <laughs> or, you know, be on the run or something, or you know what I yeah. mean. They thought he was more important than he was. So like, there's speculation, like in the secretly rich or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he made like a like a bunch of declarations that he sent to the the newspapers, um, such as well, such so as I, I have like a list here, and keep in mind some of these might not necessarily be his because he was such a like a hot story. Some of the newspapers' minds just made stuff up and yeah pass it off as something he'd said. But in um, October 12th, 1859, he uh, he declared the U.S. Congress to be abolished. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was the same year he declared he was emperor. Uh, yes. And then I he, think wanted, he this declared is like, that the Congress like like a, like a month later <laughs> or so. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he, uh, I, I can't remember his reasoning. I think he was like, thought they were corrupt or whatever it was. But he... And I can't, I wish I had the foresight to write down like those exact words, Bill. Something like they, you know, they said report to me and like cease meeting and stuff, you know. Wow. Uh, and of course, Congress like didn't. Like from a real position of authority. Yeah. And Congress didn't acknowledge it, of course. I don't even know if they were aware of it. Uh, but the papers published it all the same in um, San Francisco. Uh, in 1862, he asked for recognition from both the Roman Catholic and Protestant churches. To like recognize his authority, which again, none of neither of those responded or acknowledged him. That's so funny. Yeah. Now, what what year did the Civil War start? Fifty nine. It was eighteen sixty. Sixty one. It was right in that. Yeah, right it was like that. early eighteen sixties because yeah. it went on for about five years or so. Right. Maybe it was sixty one that it started. Something like so that. So this was in sixty two that he's petitioning yeah. the the churches yeah. to <laughs> recognize him. Wow. Uh, keep my and cow- imagine that the, the nation had some pretty big issues yeah. <laughs> it was dealing with at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, California also is like, was a bit more removed from like the sure. fighting, yeah. you know, and from like the division, but, well, I'm sure it was still divided, but, you know, it wasn't like. It wasn't in the thick of it. It, it was in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And um, this one I kind of like, in August, on August 12th, 1869, he called for the um, for both the Democrat and Republican parties to be abolished. 
Um, to be replaced with something or just a ball is, I don't know. He didn't, he did it. Was it too specific? <laughs> Cause he was just making these, um, Sweeping. proclamations yeah. and sending them to the newspapers. Uh, <laughs> he would wander around the city and people would recognize him because he had our old scruffy uniform that he found from somewhere. In fact, one of his admirers, cause he was popular. People liked him. Uh, like, uh, establishments let him eat there for free, which is one of the reasons why people thought he might be a scam artist. Um, one of his, the people who liked him actually sent him like a, like a, a newer uniform to wear. Such yeah. a crazy collective response. I mean, a <laughs> positive sounding response for yeah. somebody who is really outside of the norm. Like if he wasn't a bit of a nutter, yeah. yeah if he wasn't a little, you know, crazy in the head, mm-hmm. He was just pulling everybody's leg and having fun with it, mm-hmm. but the reaction being positive—what yeah. it sounds like—for for, for so the most for part, the most part, I'm sure there yeah. are people who just didn't care, and others that you know, probably looked yeah. look down on it. But it's interesting that, mm-hmm. that there were. I, I think it might have been possibly like when it happened and where it happened, because I can't imagine someone in New York, Soviet Russia, <laughs> oh, oh, let's okay. say declaring themselves <laughs> above like the, the, they would last through stall the night. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't. instead of people here have a dinner for free. free on yeah. Me. I was like, yeah. this guy's kind of a meme before that was a thing <laughs> to quote, um, a YouTube, uh, channel about this. Well, I'll talk more about this when we're done, but one of the sources I got for this story is uh, Sam Onella on YouTube, and he has these really funny stick figure animations of these things. And I was like something he said where he was like trying to cite stuff here. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I don't just yeah. steal people's content. <laughs> but he, he said that um, like newspapers were like, instead of going like, what a nutcase, and throwing a story out there, like he's kind of a meme. Let's publish it. Some of his, this is what's interesting to me out of like all of this. Some of his um, proclamations actually came true eventually. Usually past his lifetime, but he called for a league of nations of sorts, or or I don't know if he called it that, but he called for like the nations to kind of meet together and try to settle things out. Which is basically a league of nations. Was he? Do you know if he was the first one that had that? Uh, I'm sure he wasn't, yeah, but but he he was at least one who had it on record. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also ordered a bridge connecting San Francisco and Oakland, which was eventually built yeah. like years after all That's of the this. Bay Bridge, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's actually every once in a while because. There's partisans to rename the bridge the Emperor Norton Bridge. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. He's still like... He has an impact. He's still relatively popular in that city. Like even now, like people know about him. He's kind of like a folk hero almost. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, and um, he also was a little progressive in that he promoted tolerance between religions. Like he uh, didn't like people uh, hang on other people because of religious differences and stuff. And in one story, and I kind of hinted this before, there was some um, Chinese workers being harassed by like a riot of like angry people for whatever reason, you know, racial tensions. And he stood in front of like the in between the two groups and basically like sounded the Lord's Prayer at them until they left. And I don't know if it was because they recognized him and they had respect for him or if it was because it's crazy guys he's yelling <laughs> at us <laughs> i don't want to tangle with that i don't always cable up 
Um, but yeah, he was, um, yeah, he was an interesting guy. <laughs> Uh, when uh, in um, I'm trying to picture what else was going on in San Francisco, mm-hmm. you know, at, at this time in the 60s, 1860s. Yeah, I mean, nationally, we already talked, you know, obviously the Civil, Civil War, War, but like in San Francisco, what else? What else was going down? Yeah, I don't know if there's anything like too major from like a historical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty certain like Mark Twain was around at this point. I know he was definitely, he definitely knew of Norton because one of his characters in, was it Huckleberry Finn? It was either Huckleberry Finn or um, Tom Sawyer. I always confuse the two because they're very similar. Uh, is called like the Keen, and he's like this guy who's basically Emperor Norton, but he's portrayed in a little more of a negative light in the sense that he's clearly a con man in that uh, story yeah. where he's clearly like all oh, huffing and puffy and like, yes, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm the king of this place, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know what Mark Twain thought of him or not. He could have just been like, that's a character. I'll use him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if he was like necessarily like against him or not, but it's just interesting. Yeah, it is. Especially like, much more recently, like within the past couple decades or so, I, again, I can't remember. I think it was in the 90s or 2000s. Neil Gaiman, who is a fantasy science fiction writer, uh, he r- wrote a comic series called The Sandman. Uh, and Emperor Norton shows up in that. As Emperor Norton? As Emperor Norton, yeah, as, um, as himself, you know, like, because he's a historical person. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a lot more positive there. And again, I don't know if that's like, well, different people having different views of this person, or if it's a matter of like, just taking hindsight. creative liberal, you know, they're just being yeah. creative. What's that word? Creative, creative license. License, liberties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. They could just make them into whatever that's going to fit their story best. Sir, sir. Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of like, um, like kind of stories about him. Like at the time there was another, I don't know if not folk hero, but there's another thing going on in San Francisco where there was allegedly these two dogs that kept sewing up places, you know, like kept asking for scraps and stuff. And people started to notice that these two like particular dogs kept sewing up at like, you know, like places where people eat, ate and stuff. And I, some um, depictions, that's what I'm trying to think of. <laughs> Jeez, my brain. Some depictions of Norton had him with those dogs kind of trailing behind him and trying to, you know, like kind of combining it into like oh. almost like a mythology type uh-huh. of a thing. It's really interesting. Um, in uh, 1863, well, 1861, France invades Mexico. I don't remember all the reasoning for it. Probably something dumb. But um, because <laughs> that's usually what it is. But uh, in um, by 1863, Norton added onto his title as he added protector of Mexico. Uh, wow. So emperor of the United States and protector of Mexico. Uh, with, what did he did? He just proclaim it or did he actually it. do something? No, he just to help he just proclaimed it. Uh, <laughs> I guess because he wasn't very approving of of that's that whole so thing. Funny though to. Mm-hmm give yourself that kind of title when you haven't done anything yeah well i don't think he was especially when we get to what happened after he passed away uh which we're about to but i don't think he was necessarily 
all that there. I, you know, I don't think I think yeah. it's a little out of it. So um, a little bit of a Don Quixote kind of kind of yeah yeah. Um, only instead of a knight in side armor, it was like a head of state. <laughs> <laughs> I guess still kind of a hero. Kind of not really in touch with reality. Yeah, thinking yeah. Certain things are other things. And yeah, he um, one time. This is a funny funny story um the uh he got arrested once by a police officer who uh wanted to put him in an insane asylum because i guess you can just arrest crazies back then <laughs> uh and uh because he thought well you're clearly a nuts. danger to yourself and others <laughs> yeah well at least that's what the officer thought yeah. when the newspapers published that public was Outright, like they lost their minds. Um, and, and the newspapers themselves were like posting like really critical stuff about like the police and all that. Like, how can you do this? You know, he's like he's like a local hero or whatever. So eventually, please let him go. And since then, or so the story goes, every time he'd walk past a policeman, policeman would tip his cap to him uh, in San Francisco. At oh, least, interesting. Yeah, and he would make like he would wander around like the city like inspecting air quotes like the sidewalks and stuff <laughs> like like uh i don't know is it it's, it's, it's just so such he was a very character. prominent because he was out in the open he was out in public people saw people him who he was yeah and... they were they were aware of him yeah and, and it really just kind of fed into like this public speculation as to like who's this guy like why like, why is he, he so eccentric yeah like and, and again people thought that maybe he secretly writs Maybe he's secretly, he is like royalty, but he's had to leave because of something or other. Because keep in mind, this is also way before television or the internet or anything like that. So like some knowledge of European affairs didn't always reach San Francisco specifically, you know, or, or like, you know, um, other parts of the world. So people thought, was there like a, like a coup in some European country that I don't know about because yeah. I'm an American and like, uh, or whatever. And he had to flee or whatever. It's a lot of wild, crazy theories about who this guy was. He was found dead January 8th, 1880. Uh, apparently he wasn't, it wasn't a foul play or anything like that. He think he was just old and he had like, uh, like a heart attack or something like that. He was, they found him like, and like in the streets, basically. Oh wow! Yeah, which he, is, he had a place to live though. Like he, he did. He did. He had. A, he had a, um, like a, I can't remember if it was an apartment or what, but he he was living a place. When they searched it, because of course they searched it, they were wondering like, what we're we gonna find, you yeah. know, some crazy stuff. They found. Um, first of all, they found a lot of letters to Queen Victoria, wow. <laughs> uh, asking for her hand in marriage. Oh my gosh! <laughs> with his, wow. Apparently he and he did it. I don't think he sent any of them, but it was like just kind of an interesting. Like wow, okay, and they found no money, <laughs> so that really sought down a lot of the like. Well, first of all, it sought down a lot of the um, he secretly writes yeah. theories, but also sought down a lot of the he's a con man theory. Well, obviously not all of them, but it became less like oh he's just a miser who's pretending to be poor, and more like no he is literally like a yeah. nearly homeless poor. <laughs> bum wow. <laughs> and a radial with uniform. all these visions of grandeur you mm-hmm. know proposing to yeah. victoria wow yeah so he lived here about 30 years yeah or at least yeah uh, yeah around 30 years or so um and yeah and uh to this day like he's still kind of he's a bit of a folk hero um and 
I wonder what it is about him that has such a lasting effect. You know, what, what is it about who people thought he was or what he contributed to people's lives that sort of made him stick around his, the idea of him. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's something specific to that city or that state even, or if it is just something more like that's just a human thing, you know, like the idea that, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was just like friendly enough that people are like, I like him, you know, it's better than our current leadership or like, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was just a little that the uh, brevity, you know, the lightheartedness was welcome in a time of, you know, serious. Yeah. The, national. I mean, it would not surprise me uh, if that had something to do with it, just the timing of it all. Yeah. Um, I, I do know also like another fun fact is he forbid anyone from using the name Frisco for San Francisco. <laughs> I don't I'm actually glad I, I actually don't like when people say Frisco. It yeah. bothers me. Yeah. Well, it's like, which is funny because neither of us are from there. No, but, uh, but when I lived in California, I lived in Sacramento and, and I feel like if you heard somebody say Frisco, they weren't from around. Yeah. They did. You know, they were, they were outsiders. Well, to this day, people, in that area, give you dirty looks if you use that name. Yeah. I don't know if that's because it's from Norton like or not. I think they call like the city or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if it's because of what he said or if it's just Wouldn't like that be interesting if we could trace that, though, to find out, you know, mm. why is there this dislike from locals of the word Frisco yeah, I don't know. to describe San Francisco? Maybe it's just like the sound of it. But yeah. uh, it's funny that he actually, he, he actually said that anyone who's caught using that word has to pay a fine. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, maybe that's why he was wandering the streets. Maybe, he was, yeah, he was not just, looking for gum on the sidewalks. Yeah, just he waiting for yeah. someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said it. Yeah, Give just starts bucks. whacking them with yeah. his stick. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just. Um, that's yeah. funny. Is there like a reason why he didn't like that? Did I he, think he just disliked it. I think because it it's, disrespected San Francisco. I think he thought it, that was the case. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's not a nice sounding name, I guess. So maybe that has something to do with it. But it's it's just funny how like that's like a really um, like have more modern thing, and it was like around back then too. Yeah, that so. is. That's really interesting. Yeah, really interesting. So, what else? Other t- tidbits or facts that are interesting about him? Some of the videos I watched of him were, you know, by San Francisco people. <laughs> San Franciscans. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Inhabitants of the city, San Francisco. <laughs> so, like Excuse documentaries. You watch yeah, like documentaries I watch some documentaries. I also watch like um, just people chatting about it. You know, just to try to get like the general vibe. And people still seem to know who he was there, or at least they're like they kind of held him like with a semi-seriousness which is so interesting to me even at the time it was like how much of the reaction was kind of haha this guy compared to more of a you know how much of it was laughing at him compared to humoring him compared to like actually kind of taking him a little more seriously i don't know so you're saying it's hard to tell how much of it was laughing at or mocking him versus genuine interest in honestly it was probably a bit of both because it's like a population you know it isn't just like a couple people who but if you look at their personal history you know it's like no it's like a bunch i wonder if there's any other parallels in history to that kind of character who just well you made the don quixote uh parallel which again now it's fictional right it's kind of the same idea where it's someone who 
Um, it's kind of living in an alternate reality. Yeah. Yeah. We're like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. We're like their um their fantasy has bled over for them into reality right. and they can't really tell the difference. Yeah. It's I never I never knew Norton because of course he died long before my time. Uh so I can't really say one way or the other, like how crazy he was compared to if he was just like screw it all i'm just gonna go out there just gonna go with it <laughs> yeah or what um so he he obviously never married right yeah so he doesn't have any kids no he no descendants he never um he never married anyone wow. that we know of do you know if he had any siblings like when he was born and i don't i don't believe so so the story just kind of it kind of just ends there with his yeah. death i know that's a bit of a downer but um, in a way, but how many people, ordinary people, have any kind of legacy that that's people true. are going to name bridges after, consider naming bridges after you, <laughs> yeah. popular bridges, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This is pretty interesting. It is. I thought I thought this was a good kind of starter thing, yeah. just to kind of introduce like the type of historical topics. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know this about history, it's really dark a lot of the time like it's really messed up yeah so i thought well there's also there has to be some lighthearted stuff somewhere um and of course sometimes even that lighthearted stuff isn't always lighthearted yeah but in comparison to like you know i don't want to cover like you know the holocaust or anything like that anything too super dark and too much of a downer partly because everyone already has covered that yeah um but also partly because um I feel like sometimes little smaller stories like this get kind of overlooked a lot of times. That's true. That's true. Because at the end of the day, Norton wasn't the most influential in history. He was like, he's like a, basically a folk hero in like San Francisco. But outside of that, you know, he's not really. He's pretty obscure. He's pretty obscure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that though. And, and I think like you say, things like the Holocaust have, there's just so much information out there and, it's nice to think that you and I are going to be talking about not always like super lighthearted things, but mm-hmm. we're not going to um, have to address some of the more serious and sad sure. parts. Sure. I mean, we might, I, depending on the topics we cover, I have some listed out, but you know, yeah. I'm adding to them as well. Like we go. you say, even even lighthearted stories have you know elements sometimes, yeah, influences that like. Dying alone on the streets is a sad ending. That's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. <laughs> like, uh, you know, at the same time, you're right in that, like, he uh, he clearly meant something to a lot of people. Yeah. Like, the newspapers published obituaries and stuff about him, and it was, like, this crazy thing. This is kind of a weird, not segue, but weird thing I just now decided to do because this is a podcast, I don't know if you realized. Uh, so it's there's no visuals for our audience to see. However, I wanted to show you a picture of him. Okay, yeah, okay. let me see what he looks like. I didn't know. This is him in his uniform. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm looking at, is this the uniform he walked Yeah, he walked in? around in. So he's got hair that's pretty curly mm-hmm. on, coming out either side Yeah, with a cap on top, uh, like a military cap, and he's mm-hmm. got his uniform jacket. But... Um, when we put it on and YouTube, he's got, he's got his uh, the the beard, like the goatee, but the really big. He does look a little. Maybe it's the hair that makes him look like he's not completely sane. Yeah, he well, looks a little bit like a clown. A little bit with his hair coming out. I the mean, this of the is hat. the eighteen hundreds. This is like the golden 
century of like hair, you know, like <laughs> facial hair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at the clock and just, is it time to kind of do a sneak peek about what's coming up on the next episode? Sure. But before we do, I'm wondering, do you have any like final thoughts or impressions of Good, uh, final thoughts Joshua or Norton? First of all, did you tell me his name was Joshua to begin Yes, with? at the very okay. beginning, Joshua Norton. Okay. Um, final thoughts. Um, I think, I mean, it depends on how deep I'm going to get here. So <laughs> it's fine. interesting. It's like an interesting little slice of history. Yeah. I like that. It adds a little bit of color to um, a little bit of depth, you know, to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's interesting. There's so many different ramifications of the story because you can think about Mental illness, mm-hmm. mental illness through the ages, uh, police is the role of police in society, mental institutions mm-hmm. that, you know, have changed a lot in the last 50, 60 years, but up into, I don't know, mid-50s or whatever, there's a popular, you know, way to deal with people who were apart from the same reality that yeah. everybody else mainly shares. That's only to say it. <laughs> yeah, so... I, there's just a lot of um, ramifications mm-hmm. to hearing about him more than just like, oh, that's an entertaining piece of history. Yeah. Like, it, there's a lot more shades to, you know, the story, really. Yeah. Well, the fun, during my research on these different topics, something that I thought was really fun is seeing that a lot of them are snapshots into the when and where they happened, you know. Because you're right, like, um, understanding... And the response to mental illness was very different than it is now. Um, we even had a rel- at least one relative who yeah. ended up in a mental institution. Yeah, you mentioned that the, to me. In the 1800s, I believe it was in the late 1800s mm-hmm. in either in Oregon or uh, I'm not sure if it was. I don't know. She came across the Oregon Trail. Uh, was they, a very young They didn't bride. much care for emperors there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think her husband ended up putting her in a mental institution. So uh, it's like I, which you know, at I don't the know time, anything about the story. Which at the time could have been just like you know, hey, she doesn't like I to wear heels or whatever. She's crazy. I um, like the girl down the street better. So you're yeah. crazy and you're going away. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of it's real tragic. Because a lot of the stuff that was considered mental illness isn't, yeah. um, at least not by our also understanding. The, like. I don't, and I, I'm speaking out of turn because I don't know anything about policies that were in place to protect people. You know, could anybody just call somebody else crazy and get them institutionalized and then, you know, I, I don't basically know. imprison somebody without cause? Yeah, I don't know the policies. I do know that it was pretty easy to get, <laughs> like, locked in the loony bin for being slightly different than the majority. So... It's tricky to teasers because I don't want to necessarily give the reveal for this one because yeah. it's a bit of a reveal. But I guess, sir, why not? Uh, in the 1940s, the Polish army in, um, I believe it was Iran, uh, they ended up adopting a bear named Wojtek. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I told you about the this. The army adopted a bear. The Polish army, and he eventually got the rank of like private. Oh, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> but we'll get more into that. We'll talk next about week. that next week. Okay, yeah, that sounds so good. Next week is Voitech. Okay, so this is a wrap on our very first episode of there History Slices podcast. Yeah, a little little shaky, but I think we got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we could do a little better next time. But anyway, I'm Rachel. I'm Jacob. 
And uh, join us next time when we talk about a bear in the Polish army. Yes. On History Slices <laughs> podcast. Uh, until then. Until then. <laughs>